a revolutionary baby monitor is born. I want to introduce you to a brand new baby monitor, Massimo Stork. Massimo Stork Baby Monitor tracks health indicators so you can get to know your baby better. Track your baby's pulse rate, oxygen saturation, and skin temperature with the high-resolution video and clear two-way audio from the Stork app. While Massimo Stork Baby Monitor is new, Massimo Signal Extraction Technology, or SET to be exact, has been trusted in hospitals for over 25 years. In fact, 9 out of 10 top U.S. hospitals, as ranked in the 2022-2023 U.S. News & World Report, uses Massimo SET as their primary pulse oximetry technology. Now, this technology is available for families at home, empowering confident parenting. Go to Massimo Stork to learn more. Please remember, Mosmo Stork is not meant to be used as a medical device. Hi, everyone. I'm Deb Flaschenberg. Welcome to Yoga Birth Babies, a podcast produced by Prenatal Yoga Center. We will be diving into everything prenatal yoga, birth, and baby-related, hoping to inspire, educate, and empower you through your journey into motherhood. Thank you for listening. Hi guys, I am so excited to have Caprice Abowit here. I'm going to tell you guys a little bit about her, but first, full disclosure, getting over cold, so if I sound a little Kathleen Turner-esque, uh, just forgive and I appreciate that. All right, so Caprice, she has been with the Prenatal Yoga Center, I think five years maybe, um, but my biggest excitement about Caprice is for the last, I guess, two years. She's been one of our teacher trainers, so she and I have really gotten close, and I'm just so happy to have her on. But let me get, let me read a little bit about her so you can understand who she is. So she teaches the prenatal, the mommy me, and as I mentioned, she's a teacher trainer. She was born and raised in Phoenix, Arizona, and moved to Seattle, Washington, where she attended the Cornish College of Arts for Dance. After sustaining a disc injury in 2006, Caprice was pointed towards the Seattle yoga community and forever changed. She received her 200-hour certification with Catherine Munro at Yoga Works in Seattle in 2008 and holds a Bachelor of Fine Arts in Dance from Cornish. She's a proud graduate of the Prenatal Yoga Center Teacher Training Program. Yay! And she continued to study with myself and with Nikita, our other teacher training at the time. And studying prenatal yoga has given her the utmost respect for women's bodies and is thrilled to be part of the power, strength, and voice found in motherhood. Caprice is also a DONA-certified birth doula and honored to support women through birth. And just recently, about two years ago, she joined our faculty as a teacher trainer for Prenatal Yoga Center. So it was with, it is with great pleasure and excitement to have a chance to sit and chat with my friend Caprice. Hi, Caprice. A revolutionary baby monitor is born. I want to introduce you to a brand new baby monitor, Massimo Stork. Massimo Stork Baby Monitor tracks health indicators so you can get to know your baby better. Track your baby's pulse rate, oxygen saturation, and skin temperature with the high-resolution video and clear two-way audio from the Stork app. While Massimo Stork Baby Monitor is new, Massimo Signal Extraction Technology, or SET to be exact, has been trusted in hospitals for over 25 years. In fact, 9 out of 10 top U.S. hospitals, as ranked in the 2022-2023 U.S. News & World Report, uses Massimo SET as their primary pulse oximetry technology. Now, this technology is available for families at home, empowering confident parenting. 
Go to Massimo Stork to learn more. Please remember, Massimo Stork is not meant to be used as a medical device. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Well, hi, Deb. I'm so happy to be here. Oh, I'm thrilled to have you. So is there anything I left out on your bio that you want to share? I don't think so. I think you fully covered it. (laughs) I think that's all. So would you talk a little bit, I know that you were a dancer for years and years and years. Mm -hmm. Will you talk a little bit about your path into yoga from dance? Sure. So I think um, when I was kind of coming up in the the dance world um, was when yoga was starting to become pretty popular with dancers as a sort of a cross training method. Mm -hmm. So it was starting to get slowly integrated into a lot of my, my classes and my coursework. Um, and then in college, when I was 19, I ruptured a disc in my spine. So I ruptured T11, T12, which is a really strange disc to rupture. Um, it's a really awkward place in the spine. Um, and I, I couldn't dance and they weren't sure I was going to keep dancing, um, or that I was going to have a dance career after that. Uh, and I was in the middle of my, my bachelor's program. Uh, and that was really, really scary. That was extremely overwhelming. It was really overwhelming. And especially because at 19, my entire identity was wrapped up in being a dancer. Mm -hmm. It was what I was good at. It was really the only thing I had done for my whole life. Um, and so I was pointed toward, um, a really wonderful teacher in Seattle, Ellen Boyle, uh, who was offering classes through Cornish college of the arts. Um, and I, I couldn't do much. I couldn't sit for more than 10 minutes at a time, but we did a lot of studying of the yoga sutras, um, just sort of the definitive text of, or one of the definitive texts of yoga and addressing the ego and the identity and kind of unwrapping what. I was feeling um, about about this whole process was um, was completely transformative for me, and it really allowed me to get through that time in my life where it felt very unsure of where I might be headed. Um, if I wasn't going to be dancing, what was I going to do? I didn't have, I didn't feel like I had any other skills, um, and so unwrapping that idea that all I was was a dancer was was really, really helpful. Um, and so even though I did make a full recovery and I did go on to complete my bachelor's program and have a a dance career, I was so changed from, from the study of yoga philosophy that I, I knew I had to stick with it as a practice for myself. Um, and then (coughs) I felt like I, I needed to be able to share it with others. So, um, I headed towards certification. I love that. I know a lot of dancers that do gravitate towards yoga. I know it was a transitional point for me. Mm. I remember thinking, I really should go take a ballet class, but I'd really rather go to a yoga class. <laughs> yeah. And it was about 50 50. I'm like, all right, go to that dance class. And then over time, instead of like, oh, okay, ballet, then yoga, it was just like, I'm going to do yoga. I'm going to do more yoga. But I, I understand the whole identity because I think a lot of our listeners can identify whether they had a performing arts career or even 
becoming a mom. Right. All of a sudden, people literally will introduce you like, hey, mom. And you're like, wait, I'm a person. Right. I'm a human. I'm a human, not just a mom. That touchstone of so hum or I am became kind of the defining um, mantra for me. I don't have to have a definition. I don't have to have a label. I, I'm human. I am. I'm present. I'm here. And that's all I need to be. That's really healthy. Because I do know that's a, it's a tricky place, one's personal identity. Mm. So what drew you to prenatal yoga? So my sister, uh, my older sister, had her eldest son um, six years ago, a little more than six years ago, um, and she had a very traumatic birth experience. And I, I remember, so my sister was living in Phoenix at the time, and I was living in Seattle. <coughs> and she, she, had, she ran the whole gamut. Um, she had an epidural that numbed her out completely. She had zero feeling whatsoever. Um, she had no feeling when she pushed, and therefore there was a forceps intervention, there was a vacuum intervention, an episiotomy. Were you there for her birth? I was not. I was I was in Seattle when this was happening, um, and, and she had a stage 4 tear. Oh, wow. And I remember I flew down as soon as um, my nephew was born, my eldest nephew, and I was laying in the bed with her maybe four days after her birth, and it was just me and her and the baby, and she started crying, and she turned to me and she said, no one told me how hard this was going to be. And I, I started to cry, and I was like, I would have told you if I had known. Like, I, I wish I, I could have helped. And I just, I, I watched her, um, you know, have a harder recovery in her body. And I think more than anything, she felt so disempowered mm-hmm. by her first birth experience. And I I just wished I had the tools to give her um, in her pregnancy, in her birth, in her postpartum period um, to, to make that easier and, and to, you know, regardless of what kinds of interventions she may or may not have had, to make her feel like she, she had worth and power and that someone was listening to her. Right. Um, and... You know, she's got great support, and her husband is amazing. I love my brother-in-law. Um, but I I just so wanted to have those tools for her. And so I started researching prenatal programs, and it was when I was living in Seattle. Um, Which is so ironic to me, because I never actually <laughs> went to do my prenatal <laughs> training. You know, it just... I, I wasn't finding a program that I felt comfortable with there, and that I felt, like, really explored... Um, that felt very well-rounded to me. Um, I, I didn't want just the basic information. I really wanted to delve into it. Um, and I, I found prenatal yoga center in New York and kind of right around the same time, a, a friend of mine from middle school called and said, Hey, my aunt has this apartment on the Upper West Side and she's got an extra room. I'm moving there in the fall. Do you want to come with me? And I was like, yeah, that sounds great. And so I knew first thing I was going to do when I moved to New York, I wanted to come study at the prenatal yoga center and I wanted to come study with you. Oh, I love that. I'm so incredibly flattered. 
You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. But moving beyond that, what you said about your sister, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people can relate. Mm-hmm. Because I'm sure she did take, you know, a childbirth ed class and she oh, yeah. educated herself. But then there is that there can be that moment of things spiral out of control. You don't know how to get the support. Mm-hmm. You don't know who can give you that support. Mm-hmm. And it can leave you feeling just emotionally and physically traumatized. Yeah. And then to have to pick the pieces up and move forward to understanding how to care for a baby. Mm-hmm. So... It's, I think a lot of women will hear this and, and relate. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, it's something you touch on often, but I think so often she had to hear, oh, well, your son is so healthy, he's beautiful, you know, but it... it validates. Exactly. It, it's not... You, you can feel joy at having your child and disappointment at your birth experience, and they're not you don't have to feel one thing all the time. We're human. We have more than one emotion. Yeah, that's something that really strikes me because I do hear the students come in, I know you do too, mm-hmm. where, because you do the mommy, I mean, I do the postnatal, and they'll say things like, it was a really awful birth or a really hard birth, but my baby's healthy. Mm-hmm. And of course, that's a given. But we don't want to invalidate and kind of push the mom's feelings. Mm-hmm. And I see them, and you do too, they, you see them grappling with, how do I process right. this really traumatic, or maybe traumatic, just overwhelming, right. or it went in a different way than mm-hmm. they had assumed, or maybe they felt shamed or pushed or whatever. How can they process that if all they're told is the baby's the final outcome? Right, so because it doesn't we really know, matter. Because we mm-hmm. know that's not the case. Exactly. So exactly. I'm sorry that your sister went through it. She, you know, she, were for her second baby, she she sort of changed the whole game up, and she went on to have a, a gorgeous, you know, home birth at, at um, in in a tub, and um, more importantly, in a space with people who really respected um, her decisions and trusted her body, and I think that was kind of the big thing for her. Um, so yeah, she's two gorgeous sons who. I'm crazy about, um, and who very, very much were her, her eldest son was really my push into prenatal yoga. That's amazing. Yeah. I love that. I can't wait to meet them at your wedding. I know. <laughs> okay. So getting a little back to your experience with prenatal. So is there anything that has come to you as a surprise the more you've taught? I did not think I was going to get sucked in as much as I have. Yeah. I did not. Down think, the rabbit hole. You're drinking, down the rabbit hole. And like, you're drinking the Kool-Aid. F- I fully drank the Kool-Aid. Um, and I, it, it sort of changed the whole trajectory of my career. Um, I, I think I felt very passionate about teaching yoga, but prenatal yoga was a whole nother dimension. Does your sister know that she was the precipice for you jumping into this? I hope she does. We had a a conversation not long ago where she was talking about some regrets um, about her first birth. 
Um, and this is, you know, after having her, her second son and, and a really great birth experience following her first. Um, and I said, yeah, but you know, <laughs> do you realize that, sorry, that, yeah, sorry, it sucked me, for you, but you know, it, you fully, you shifted the entire direction of my life, um, in, in the most powerful way, in a way that I can now, um, I'm in a seat where I can help and encourage women, um, and people to have the, the best birth experience or the best prenatal experience or the best postpartum experience that they possibly can. So I like to, I, I hope that she knows that she's had this kind of trickle down effect with, you know, hundreds of women in New York, um, who I hope are empowered to, to birth the way that they want to birth and to birth on their own terms. In a well, that's what it comes down respected. to. It's not about what we as teachers want, mm-hmm. because as we as teachers, instead of saying this is how you should birth, which I don't believe in, we're saying here's information for you to decide how to birth. Mm-hmm. Do you know if your sister, and tell me if you want to stop talking about her, but do you know, did she ever find a way to process the first birth? You know, that's or, a or really how good did question. She prepare differently for the second? I think she knew, this is really interesting, I haven't really talked to her much about this um, in a while. Her second son is uh, a little more than three, um, and so it's been a while since that that birth. And I did have, I called her this morning and I was like, do I have permission to talk about your birth story on a podcast later tonight? <laughs> um, but I, I think it was in both preparing her body and I think the thing she would tell you about her first birth is that she she let her pregnancy and her birth be run by fear um, mm-hmm. and be driven by fear. Um, Again, I think a lot of women can relate mm-hmm. to that. Mm-hmm. It, and I, I think it's so hard with your first birth too and your first pregnancy um, to know because there's a lot of kind of scary information out there. Right. Um, and, and to sort of parse that apart and, and find just what works for you, I think is really challenging. And, um, she did have access to prenatal yoga, but I don't think it was quite like what we teach here. And she did take childbirth ed, but, um, but I think she was sort of overwhelmed by how new it was. And, and so she let fear kind of take over. And in her second birth, she had really found her voice in motherhood. Um, she found she's god she's such a beautiful mom too um she truly truly let go you know she i i wouldn't i love my sister i would maybe call her slightly tightly wound <laughs> before before the birth of her first son and and in becoming a mom you just saw her like come into herself she just became more fully herself, more genuine, more authentic. You could just see her kind of living in her power mm-hmm. once she became a mom. And I think then as she prepared for her second birth, that fear kind of dissipated. Um, and, and she just let herself be in it rather than overwhelmed by that fear. Um, not to say that it's not there kind of as a, a little undercurrent, but mm-hmm. she really, it was kind of amazing to watch her rise above that. Um, yeah. I love that. I yeah. do know, I can see that with a lot of women. I do see it even with myself a little bit. There's, the best way I could describe it, and I was thinking about this earlier, there's a surrender to you just don't care. 
And I mean, I mean that in the nicest, yeah. best yeah. way. Like, I someone was talking to me about you know things about my twenties and early thirties, and I'm like, I just don't care yeah. as much. Like, I don't really care about what people think of me. I still do it to some extent, but not nearly what I did. I could care a little more about my appearance. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> But no, there is a certain level of surrender mm-hmm. and ownership of what's important at the moment. Right. And especially when you have young kids, there's only so much effort you can put elsewhere. And I'm glad right. it sounds like your sister really found that that ownership. Yeah. She just, she so became her most authentic self in motherhood. Um, and not to say that she's not this incredible human outside of being a mother, um, but that was like how she found her voice and it was god it was just so beautiful to watch oh well, i look forward to meeting her as well yeah. at your upcoming <laughs> so getting back more towards you how do you think and i know i'm sure you didn't expect to become a doula but how has your your involvement in the prenatal world continued to evolve well, yeah, I absolutely did not expect to become a doula. I don't even know that I expected when I was um, taking the training to do more than, you know, teach a prenatal class every once in a while. Um, I mean, I was looking for tools and I was looking for um, for information, but I don't, you know, I didn't think I was going to go so deep into it. And then you start teaching and it's just a different time in people's lives Mm -hmm. and it's, it's slightly more intimate, I think in, in certain ways than in teaching a regular vinyasa class, um, because it is such a special time in people's lives. People often feel very attached Mm -hmm. as do I to Mm -hmm. them. And it's completely different from my experience of it than an open level class because when you see everything, you see them blossom. Mm -hmm. You see many of them go through fears. You see many of them struggle Mm -hmm. and face challenges, you know, what way maybe the baby's positioned or whatever the case may be. I think you see more raw, right? Person in front of you. Yeah. And that's willing to talk about really raw things. Right. It's so true. You don't necessarily see like, the teacher-student relationship that we've purposely created is very conversational. Absolutely. We don't in any way put the pretense that we are in any way above. Right. And so I think by getting so personal, it allows us deeper into their lives as they come into ours as well. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's certainly a different relationship that we have with the students. And and in that, I think I found that... Um, I, I wanted more ways to serve them yes. and, and to keep moving forward. Um, and after a few years of students coming up to me after class and going, are you a doula? Would you like, oh, I, I really wish you could be at my birth. Um, I decided to kind of take that jump. And a, a very close friend of mine had said when I was sort of talking about it, I said, oh, you know, I think I might be, I, I think I'm going to do my doula certification sometime next year. And I knew at that point that she was trying to get pregnant. Um, and she said, okay, well, you'll, you'll definitely be my doula. And I was like, okay. And then the day that she came in, and I remember her, I, I walked in um, to, to a yoga studio downtown, and I, I said, 
she take a pregnancy test today? And she just nodded. And there were a lot of other people around. And I said, was it positive? And she nodded. And I was like, all right, I gotta go sign up for this doula certification. Gotta get this done. Um, and she, it ended up that hers was not the first birth that I attended. Um, was she it, one of your three for certification? No, actually. Oh. oh, I guess maybe she, she wasn't my third birth, but I, I think yes, that I used her for, for a certification birth now that I think about it. Because you don't always get them done in your first three births. Well, you know, I'm a little OCD. I did. Well, I think my very <laughs> first client was nine and a half centimeters when she called me. Oh, well, that's she yeah. Didn't quite know she was in labor, that, right? You didn't so, quite fit that time period. Yeah, didn't, didn't quite get at the the act of labor for for certification. But you certainly look, I think, for other avenues mm-hmm. to help serve your students and to to deepen those connections and um, and. Becoming a doula has so informed the way that I teach. Yes. Um, and then, you know, I got sucked further down the rabbit hole and decided I should start going for my Lamaze certification. Yay. So working towards childbirth education now. Um, because I think it all it all works together and it all serves the students in, in the best possible way. It really does. I, I mean, I became a doula so long ago. Not that I'm attending births right now, but... I do think there is a difference between the way I approached teaching the woman. I guess the mm. word that came to my mind was like, I'm on the forefront and I'm going to bring the information right back from the front line. Right. Tell you what like I you're see. You're in the trenches. You're in yeah. the trenches. And then the excitement of coming back after birth and talking to your students who are often thirsty mm-hmm. for the information and also excited because they may be birthing at that hospital. Right. So it really does add, I think, another layer of relationship and relating mm-hmm. to the students mm-hmm. that they just crave. Right. Absolutely. I can't believe you've gone so far with that. <laughs> I can't believe I have either. <laughs> so now that you have finished your training many years ago and you've joined our training uh-huh. faculty, which is such a joy to me, how has your own teaching been changed? I think I would like to think that I'm more clear, <laughs> that there's more clarity in my teaching. Um, because I, you know, when you have to, when you have to break down exactly what you're doing for other people, is it edit? Yeah, you really have to edit um, so that no part, no part of class should be wasted um, or or should be, you know, kind of a throwaway. Everything should have a purpose to it. Um, but even smaller than that, just it, when teacher trainees ask me a question about, you know, but but how would you, you know, we, we go over adjustments, we go over we go over everything in their training. It's 85 hours. I mean, it's a, it's a hefty it's a, lot. it's a hefty training. Um, you know, I really have to kind of think about the nth degree of everything that I'm doing. Um, and I love that. I think it's it's brought more clarity to my teaching. It's brought more clarity to my voice as a teacher um, and hopefully my language as a teacher. Your presence and the way you take the seat of a teacher has definitely matured and mm. you really now own it. Because I, oh. I remember your training uh-huh. and... <laughs> 
I remember, I think the words I used with Nikita was like cartoon character. Yeah. Um, and I mean that in a great way, having done theater and, and kids theater, I was like, I recognize something in her. But there's something, you obviously just love that wonderful animation and connection, but there's a certain maturity mm-hmm. and groundedness that you bring Thank that you. I've seen really evolve. You're very welcome. Okay, here's the situation. Our daughter Mia is leaving for her first sleepover. We have friends coming to stay, and we just got a puppy. So I go on Instacart and solve everything in one order from Kohl's. Fun PJs for Mia. Oh, new bedding for the guest room. And a vacuum cleaner that actually picks up pet hair. All delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. With Kohl's on Instacart, there's no such we can't fix. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum order. Additional terms apply. There's a, I, yeah, I would like to think that there's more of a depth to my, my teaching now. And, you know, and I think a lot of that just comes with experience. But yes. there's also something that's such a gift about now getting to teach new teachers mm-hmm. um, and to train new teachers and to be able to break all of that information down into its smallest kind of particles um, that helps kind of build back up in I my do, teaching. I find, and you may find this too, that when the teacher trainers are in class watching, oh, it yeah. definitely makes me on my A game a mm-hmm. little more. Um, you know, I have to think specifically what's a theme I'm going to bring in. Right. Oh, did I just do that last week? The students, I think, are very open to like, oh, sure, let's talk pain management again. Because for them, that's kind of the be-all, end-all. Like, you know, I could beat that one into the ground and they would still love it. Right. But I find that when the teacher trainers are there, I'm like, all right, let's let's push myself a little deeper. Yeah, let's go a little further. And so they help me become a better teacher because they're there watching. Right. And I feel it's my responsibility. So I'm guessing that's my, that might have been happening with you. Oh, absolutely. Point. Oh, yeah, when those eyes are on me. <laughs> I, yeah, the theme tends to be the thing where, that I'm, like, really hitting at home. And I try and pick a theme that I can thread through the whole class yeah. and bring it up as many times as possible to, like, really drive it home for them. So I know that you also teach kids I yoga. do. Do you want to talk a little bit about your kids' yoga teaching? Sure. So I've been teaching um, kids yoga for actually much longer than I've been teaching, not much longer, but significantly longer than I've been teaching prenatal um, because I came to yoga from a dance background and had been teaching kids dance for for years beforehand. Um, So I teach a wide range of ages. I teach preschoolers. I teach... Mommy and me. Mommy and me. Oh, I teach the the real little babies. Um, I teach tweens. Um, Occasionally I have teens. Um, And then I I now train new kids teachers. So I run some kids yoga teacher trainings as well. Um, And essentially for me, it's, it's helping kids foster a respect for their bodies, um, and hopefully a love of movement, and then introducing the seeds of mindfulness in a way that is age-appropriate. Um, because I think a lot of times we don't look at sort of the, what kids are ready for developmentally, um, and instead, you know, we try and organize classes that are more adult-like in some ways, or way too, you know, you know, just games or something that feels too like play. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a, a middle ground um, that feels age appropriate is sort of where I tend to head with kids yoga. 
I've basically spent my entire day today teaching kids yoga before I got here. So um, I've had, they, my tweens today wrote poems about their favorite poses and it was so lovely. That is, I do like what you said about the mindfulness mm-hmm. because I think we can start that very young with oh, kids. Oh, absolutely. Teaching breath work, teaching, you know, we do a shavasana in preschool yoga. Even with my threes, they do a little shavasana and we make it kid friendly. So sometimes I, I bring a rubber ducky onto their tummy and they have to take a few deep breaths with the rubber ducky. Or sometimes I ask um, someone who is very still with their eyes closed to help me ring a chime at the end of class. So you you introduce the seeds, and then as they get older, you can you can stretch those out, and you can kind of see how they blossom. You know, I have an 11 year old who. Every time I mention, okay, now we're, we'll head into meditation, she does a little fist pump and she goes, yes! That's wonderful. She's 11. I love that she's so excited to meditate. She's so excited to do breath work at the end of class. You know, it My really... son's school does yoga with oh, them. Does? Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, it's a Montessori school, so they have the little chime and they put their mats out and they have to roll their mats back mm-hmm. after. Mm-hmm. And he loves his yoga. And let's face it, Shay's not one that sits still, but he does in his yoga class. That's really interesting. And it was interesting. I've watched through the window of him doing Shavasana and he can do it. Yeah. And he comes home and he shows me what he's doing. And he shows me his warrior one, his warrior three, and his tree pose. And he really enjoys it. And I, of course, have a great love for that because I want to watch him enjoy using his body and respecting his body. So I love that you teach kids yoga because I hope all schools can start to integrate. That. I do too. There's some some great organizations that really integrate it, and I'm very lucky to teach privately for preschools. Um, so I really get them at the very beginning and help to plant those seeds, which yeah, is and a joy and a love for mm-hmm, it mm-hmm, that and, I hope continues. Well, I am so glad we had a chance to chat. Is there Me anything too. else you want to share that I didn't touch upon? I don't think so. I think we kind of covered covered the whole journey. Yay. So for those that are in the New York City area and you want to study with Ms. Caprice, <laughs> she teaches at the Prenatal Yoga Center. She'll be taking over my Tuesday nights because I'm moving to the burb. <laughs> ah! uh, so at the end of June, she'll be taking over my Tuesday nights. Until then, you can catch her for the Thursday nights at 630. Um, and then Saturdays, 9 and 11, and for some wonderful mommy and me, 1 o'clock on Thursdays. Mm -hmm. And you can check out our website, and you heard Caprice's story, and you get a sense of how she teaches, and she's my co-teacher trainer. And I'm so excited because we've got some amazing things planned. We will be in um, Connecticut at the Breathing Room for a traveling teacher training that we've just spent months recording because a lot of it's actually online. And then we'll be taking this teacher training to different locations, and it'll be two long, I think, four-day weekends, Mm -hmm. and you'll see us before you meet us because you'll have the videos. So we'll be in Connecticut, um, I believe it's November and December. We'll be doing our fall teacher training here at PYC starting in September. And then we're heading out to L.A., which is so exciting because I can't believe, woohoo! yay for us. PYC um, takes the West PYC, Coast. we head west, um, January and February. And so our plan is that we'll do two or three traveling teacher trainees a year. 
as well as our fall and spring teacher training every year here in New York City. And so that's where you can find us. So thank you so much for listening. And please take a moment, go to iTunes, go to Stitcher, and rate us and review us because that will just help get more people aware of who we are and share our message. So thank you so much, Caprice, for joining me. Thank you, Dad. And thanks for listening. Until next time, namaste. This has been an episode of Yoga Birth Babies, produced by Prenatal Yoga Center. You can catch us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Periscope. I'm Deb Flaschenberg. Thanks for listening. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.